Thank you for listening to this episode of Courtside Indiana Podcast. Please hit the subscribe or add button on your podcast app to get them delivered straight to your phone, tablet, or desktop. As always, we'd appreciate our rating and review. And you can reach us directly on our Courtside Indiana Twitter at CourtsideIND. For episodes 95 and 96 of the Courtside Indiana podcast, Nick Baumgart and I preview the top teams for the upcoming 2021-2022 season. If you listen to the 1A and 2A preview, the 3 and 4A previews will be published later this afternoon. If you're listening to the 3 and 4A previews, check out the earlier pod for more content. Each episode will have timestamps in the show notes so you can skip ahead if you need or want to. On to the pod, and thanks for listening. After about an hour and 45 minutes of talking yesterday, Nick Baumgart is back. We are going to... I never left. You never left? I just stayed here. Don't call it a comeback. He's been there before. We, uh, we're going right into 3A. We are up against it on a, on a Monday afternoon. At um, some point, I got to get cleaned up and get to Arsenal Tech. We will have 3A and 4A done by then. And we'll figure out if my uh, 3A, my 4A rankings are worth a crap <laughs> right off the bat. Right off the bat, aren't we? Right off the jump. We'll see which one of those two teams are better. I won't spoil it to let you know who I have higher up right now, but you can bet they're both there. So, um, same format. Uh, although 4A, I've got 12 teams. I it just couldn't. Like, I've got – the way I do it, not that anybody gives too much of a rat's butt, but I go through and kind of give teams either like a one-star, one two-star, three-star rating. And then if you've got three, you're pretty much ranked no matter what. I mean, I've got nine – teams that had three stars x's whatever whatever symbol i used in 3a and if we're doing 10 that means of all the teams that got two only one of those teams is making it so i don't know what how you, i just do that just for organizational purposes just to keep my mind sane because otherwise wow. it's just too that's a pedagogy there dude <laughs> it well yeah it can be i mean but it makes it a little bit easier when you're like, you know, you were saying you were having a hard time putting them in order. Well, I, you know, I kind of create a little hierarchy to begin with, and then it makes it a little bit easier sure. to uh, deal with on this, this end of it. So not that I don't have the list already typed up on my end, but, but uh, who was your 10th three, a team? I feel really underprepared. I mean, you know, you typed your list up. Yeah, well, I use spreadsheets for everything. I've got, I think I have a spreadsheet to organize my spreadsheets. So, yeah, I've, I'm one of those recopy, recopy guys. I like to write it back down, you know, write it by hand, but I, I recopy, recopy. I no, that's fine. Yeah, heck no. No, no, no. I've got, I've got old notebooks of stuff ranging from practice plans to, to uh, fantasy baseball and basketball notes. I mean, I've just got, I mean, those are stuff that I've sort of systematically thrown away as I've found them. But still, I've, I've got a, I guarantee I've got a file cabinet in my closet that, or in my garage that has some pile of notes that I've yet to throw away. So we're the only weirdos that do this. Let's, let's we are not. Out. We are not the only weirdos that do that. I know some very <laughs> people who put me to shame. So okay, who's your? Uh, I just don't want to bore you. Who's your tenth team, man? In three A. 
three day was tough just to, to I mean I felt like there were there were some that needed to be there but I didn't four day was brutal didn't. man yeah so on number 10 I went with Northview okay that's not bad yeah the hard two they were a two star they were a two star team on my system which only one of those teams made it you know again um you know, I just think they do a really good job there. Yeah. You know, year in, year out. Um, you know, they've been good, and, and they're, they've got size. They've got shooting. Drew Cook's one of the best shooters. Yeah, he is. And he played in our program last year. Right. They're, they're going to miss Swearinger, Swearinging a lot, or however – Swearinging, or however you pronounce his last name. I'm thinking of Deadwood. The, the TV. Yeah. Um, but they and they had some kids. They looked pretty good in June. They even had a couple of kids that didn't play in one of the events I saw them at because they're either baseball players or football players. I forget what it was, and they just weren't there that day. And they were evidently six three, six four, longer athletic kids that are going to complement some of the guards that they've got. And they've got a six six kid that's got a chance to provide some minutes. But yeah, Drew Cook is. There, there's, there can't be too many shooters, especially the 3A, that are better than him, right? From just from yeah, getting I mean, into a shot, how quick his release is. I'm just hitting hit the number that at the end of the season, right? At the, the, yeah. Um, you know, so North, yeah, Northview, Northview is my 10, but I feel like I need to mention. Well, I feel like I have a level, kind of a. That's fine. It was a we push can do that. We can do that. Because I, like I don't want to write off Heritage Hills just yet. Okay. And I've, yeah, go ahead. They're not on my short list. I've got eight teams at the same level as Northview. And and who my tenth is is the same sectional. It's Brownstown. I've got them, I've got them tenth. Oh, they're on my list. And, and again, talk about shooters. Shooter, shooter. Yeah, if there's a better shooter than Drew Cook, it might be Jack Benner. If there's a better shooter than Jack Benner, it might be Drew Cook. Uh, there might be some couple other names we name later in this in this part of the pod that that compare, but those two have got to be in the discussion. I mean, Jack Benner's gonna really had a great freshman year. Him and Carter Wascom. Wascom's older. He's he's gonna be a senior. Benner's a sophomore now. But and I, I think Jack's got a lot of physical maturation left to do. I, you know, he's, he's got what three or four inches to catch up to Dad. Ton of athleticism to, to pick up. Good. I, I yeah, a ton. I don't know. I mean, he's he's definitely he's gotten quicker, and I, I think he's he is for them. He can also be a playmaker, and as he gets a little bit more as he gets a little bit more able to drive and make plays, I think he'll become more of a score. And it could be as early as this year. I mean, I, he averaged what 14 and a half somewhere points per game last year. 18. I looked eight. Was it 18 and Waskin was 14 ish 18 and 44% from three. And I, I think we'll see his numbers jump a little bit. I mean, I, it's not exactly a hot take, <laughs> but uh, um, sure. You know, and, and look, even when, I mean, Bob Benner, Coach Benner has always been able to take them a little further than what their talent as a whole looks like. And that's usually when I say talent as a whole, I mean from like 
you know, in Indianapolis area perspective, you know, there's, uh, they probably have a lot of talent. You know, I remember when we had Bronson Kessinger at court and uh, they, I think on paper, they had more talent, especially his last three years, but there was always that hump. I you know his senior year was robbed uh, with the injury, but, but his sophomore and junior year, I thought those two years, I thought Corden had more talent, but they could never get, they could never really get past Brownstown. And, and a lot of that is, is better. And Dave Benner's as good a head coach as, as they can. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, who'd you have it? I mean, and we'll get toward the end. We'll, we'll name off, throw, you know, throw some extra names there at the end, as far as teams, we'll, we'll both do that. But who was number nine for you? Uh, I'm going to stay, stay local, Evansville Bossy. Okay. I've got them eight, so we're not too different. We're, I mean, we're going to have a lot of overlap. I would be willing to bet, but well, I have Bossy eight. Yeah. Yeah, and just, you know, I'm still shaking my head that Julian Norris left. Blows my mind. He's not playing at Link. <laughs> I, I, I don't say that as in – I don't – chuckled yeah i know it's just somebody the whole i don't know and and i know that look not all prep schools the same and it seems like every time we get into every time i get into a deep rant about prep schools coach maravella up at bosco sends me a message and and you know they've got a lot of good kids i always want to like praise it to i always want to frame it like i'm not talking about every every prep school or but some of these pop-up prep schools it's just some of the crap they're peddling and, and that's what, that's what Norris walked into. I mean, we researched it right, right when he left, we researched a little bit, Zach and I did. I can't remember if you were, if you were in on any of those podcasts surrounding that decision, but no, but, but I mean, just the (laughs) academic component alone was comical to start off with. And and maybe it's stronger than what we know, but, but based on what Bosco's doing with their academic stuff, it was an out the school in the Ozarks or whatever the hell. It was an outright joke. So it's too bad. Hopefully that turns around for him. And well, okay. So I'm looking at it from a uh, from a kid from Brazil. Yeah, you are. What you were looking for is you're looking. I mean, if you have a shot to make a tournament run, that's that's all you can ever ask for. You know, if you yeah. have, and they had it. They have. They and they still do. And that's why they're at where they are at nine. Yeah. But they could have, they had a, they had a state run maybe because there's just down South is not as tough. And I mean, quality. Yeah, it's not, a, it's not a strong. Well, last year it was as good there's as nobody that's just better. Like yeah, and the, and they're, this they're year, it's, it's a little bit they're more play fast. And Matt Wagner's the best name that nobody knows about in the state. Yeah. I love yeah. him. And I, you know who, and we're, we're all going to like, we're both going to like Tay Ty, Howe. And the kid is going to win a lot of people over this year. He is um, got that name right, right, Trey. Trey. Yeah, he is going to win a lot of people over. He's he's about five five. Five five seven. Five seven now. Five, okay. Seven. All right. He's five seven. I saw him in I saw him in April. He's so he's five seven. He's tiny, and but he's got again. It's the whole you can't. You know, it's not about the size of the dog in the fight. It's the fight, the size of the, the, the dog. Or it's not about the size of the the size of the dog in the fight. It's the size of the fight, the dog. And he is the personification of that botched metaphor that I just produced. But well, love watching him play. It's Mikhail Larry's half-brother. Half-brother, there you go. So, I mean, he's got the, 
Mikhail Larry. I mean, well, I mean, obviously, a guy like none, Drayden Nunn will have to produce more. I mean, I look for Howe and Nunn to, to pick up their production. Is Nunn the kind of kid that can do that efficiently? Um, I mean, what kind of player is he? I, I don't really. He's, he's a little bit of do it all kind of, uh, you know, athlete, uh, kind of a undersized small forward. Yeah. Not like crazy athleticism up or anything like that, but, but, you know, he's, um, it'll be interesting to see his maturation without, without Julian yeah. around, you know, because Julian took a lot of what would be his shots. Yeah. Um, and, and your comment about them making a state, a state tournament run, there's no question um, that they're going to be in the mix for that March. And, and Norris was going to wait. We don't want to harp too much on guys that aren't here, but Norris was going to you know, obviously be a kid that waits to the spring to make his decision. And part of the reason he went to prep school was because he wanted, you know, more, bigger, maybe more looks, bigger looks. I don't know what, but, but at the three and four, you know, if you go through a state tournament run and you're a division one caliber kid, and you win in March, and you're uncommitted. I mean, it's it's almost unnatural that your recruiting is going to take take a little bit of a bump yep. in, in a good way, or get a bump, not take a bump, but get a bump. Yep. And he would have been just from an exposure standpoint, the amount of press that Bossy would get in the region, in the era, your neck of the woods down there, and and, pro, and 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 Burkhart's one of those guys that will schedule in other parts of the state to make sure that they get around, you know, that other people see them. And, you know, I love Wagner. We've probably talked about the other guys a little bit more. Wagner's, I mean, that would have been, I mean, he's going to have a chance too to, to play his way into a, a D2 or D1 scholarship, I think, this year. So, yep. Uh, my ninth was Beach Grove. So, Bossy was my eighth. So, my ninth is Beach Grove. Uh, Jeremiah Alexander, guard for them. It's been a three-year starter. For, this will be his third year. He was a varsity kid as a freshman. Uh, a couple of guys that stepped up last year were Cam Brown and Ryland Horan, both forwards. In Brown's case, good, deep three-point shooter. Uh, every now and then he'll shoot a shot that I probably would want back. But but Renfro, Coach Renfro wants him to be aggressive. They've picked up a transfer of of Anthony Ball from Southport. Yeah, that's who I think big. went. Yeah, when he's engaged, he can be, you know, he can be a problem on, you know, the opponent. He's, he's, his outside shot needs to improve, but he can, he can score off the bounce. He can post up. He's a good offensive. He's good on the offensive glass. And I'm going to screw this up probably when I say this, but they've got two kids who are fantastic athletes, good length, who I was watching them work out earlier in the fall and, just, just relentless defensively. I'm thinking one of them is is Rennell Eccles. Yeah, I I needed to follow up with Coach Renfro on, on that one. Um, but they've got two kids that will give them definitely ability to score and transition, the ability to create offense out of defense. And the, the one kid, I think it's the Eccles kid, who is just a fabulous defender, like a lockdown caliber defender, and. And those other guys are right. Um, there's an. I know. I know Horan was. <laughs> I know. I know Horan was at Franklin Central before he before he moved over to Beach Grove. Um, and maybe Eccles was, and maybe you, you know, maybe I'm just 
missing the boat on that. He was at Beach Grove last year, though. I watched Franklin Central play this summer at Charlie Hughes. And I wanted to think Eccles was playing was, was, was it Was it Franklin Central? Well, maybe I've got the name. Anyway, Beach Grove's got two kids who will round out their rotation. Not that he, not that he'll just play six kids, but, but he'll round, they'll round out the back part of their main rotation and just be defensive stalwarts. I mean, they will, they'll, they'll be just rock solid for them defensively. So had you seen much of Alexander kid? I mean, you talk about a kid that no one really talks about much. I, I like yeah, six, two, six, three. Kind of a depending on where, what level you look at him as, he's either a tweener or a combo guard, one or the other. I mean, he he probably could shoot a little bit better. He probably could be, you know, get, you know, quicker. You know, if you're looking at, you know, like maybe a GLVC type kid. I, I would really, I really like his game, and I think he's a crossroads league or GLVC type kid um, who can play both guard spots if you need him to, and. Um, but he's um, he's got What's a lot of varsities. Jer- Jeremiah Alexander, really like him. Uh, like him an awful lot, and um, you know that's they've got five guys that they've got five or six guys who bring a lot to the table, and they're especially on their schedule. And you know, come March, they'll be a factor. So, who is your eight? Yeah, you know, Beach Grove probably should have been there. Well, who do you, um, you have? I mean, no, no, I'm not saying they shouldn't have been in my eighth spot. I'm just commenting on on your on your ninth. Oh, so anyway. yeah, who's your eighth? Um, at eight, I had Brownstown. Okay, you know, um, that could be a uh, it could be a really fun. So eighth was Brownstown. Okay, be regional. Do what? That could be a fun regional. Um, yeah, that's – well, that's – yeah. I mean, I'm going to name two more teams. Yeah, so, I mean, we've talked about Brownstown. Um, just, again, nobody nobody hits tough shots any any better than Jack Benner. So, yeah. if you've not seen Jack Benner play, uh, he's a treat. So, seven who, – who'd you have at seven? Say that, did you say that again. Yep, multiple. Huh? Who did you have at eight? I had Bossy at eight. So I got at Brownstown, Beach Grove, Bossy. You've got Northview, Bossy, and Brownstown. Yeah, and then so I'm going to stick with North Harrison. Okay. Um, I've got them coming up. Yep. I've got them a little I've got them a little higher. But yeah, no, that's that's a good one. And I mean I could. Coach Lefebvre is is probably one of the toughest coaches to work with, right, from our standpoint. He's probably one of the best out there. You know, I just remember talking to um, um, to Steve Hatton. Yeah. Steve Hatton's dad, you know, and he's, he's in the administration down there in North Harrison. And he just said, you know, look, we, we hired Lou, Coach Lou because – not." what he can do when he, you know, when after LT and after McIntyre, Logan McIntyre, who's there now. Right. You know, we hired him for after that, you know, cause he's, 
he can win with nothing. And this year he's got something, a big something, Logan McIntyre. So, you know, and he doesn't have – he doesn't – he didn't have uh, Silver Creek there. Right. Not – yeah, not the same Silver Creek, at least. Not the same Silver Creek. Um, so, you know, not nothing against Coach Hoffman because I think he does – I mean, he's a great coach, does a great job and everything. But I just, just think kind of it's, it's Coach Lafitte's chance here. And, uh, yeah, North Harrison is my – Well, look, they – look, McIntyre's – he was a kid that when I watched him in spring, I thought, man, he, he could very well be a D1 guy. And I, and I didn't expect Evansville to jump up as quickly as they did. But, I mean, you know, they, they went after him. You know, they lo- obviously they loved him, and they thought, well, why not go after a kid we like? We don't, you know, don't wait around for other people. A lot of times he's – you know how this goes. A lot of times Division One schools – well, in any of these schools, they'll always be like, well, who else is recruiting? Who else is recruiting him? Yeah. I hate that question. Either you like them or you don't. I know some of it might be determined timing and, you know, how how aggressive you go after a kid. I, I get that. But either you like him or you don't. And I've never gone wrong. I mean, I guess I've maybe missed on a kid every now and then. Uh, gone to her. But I, I don't know that I've ever really gone wrong on kids that I just like. Uh, like, I, I knew they could help us. Um. You know, and because and, a lot of times you can – that's the, the way to get them is just to don't putz around, don't string them on, don't keep them warm, just do it, you know. Um, I mean, they've, they've got – look, Ethan Oakley is a kid that's going to be a big – you know, he's going to – that was a kid that had a lot of potential, probably a little bit more – a little bit more talk surrounding him coming into high school than Hatton, Ethan Oakley, 6'8". And the, the way they used him in, in June was was pretty interesting, just all the dribble handoff stuff that they do, a lot of modern big man stuff. They even had him coming off ball screens. Now, I don't know how much of that works when, when you start scouting things out, but but they've also got a strong junior class with uh, Caleb Kellums and Sawyer Wetzel. Those two guys, um, you know, especially are going to be guys. Both those guys were kids that played as freshmen and started for them last year. And, I mean, Caleb at, at the Kellums at six three six four is pretty much their starting point guard, you know. So they've got a lot of length and size that they'll they'll play with, and and yeah, I like I like that pick a lot. I've got them fourth actually, so I really like that pick. My seven, I have them fourth. North Harrison, yeah, yeah, yeah they could be higher. Um, well, look, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of. Uh, this is this is three A's wide open this year, and it's it's um, I don't think there's any super teams like you know you had last year, uh, but it's definitely wide open, and there's there's still a lot of good teams. My seventh team is Danville, and you know a lot of it is they play as good a schedule as any team can play at three A level. Uh, they it's a good conference that they're in. They they play area schools too, the bigger schools in their area. Uh, they they still they they still have their conference their ca- county tournament every year, so they get a large dose of Plainfield, Brownsburg, Avon every year. Um, you know they ret- three guys they return that really are the core of what they'll have is Brandon Ruggles, who was, I mean he was really good in June, I, and I guess what happened was is he played AAU for a 
team out of Illinois played for Mercury Elite this past spring and summer. So part of the reason why no one really saw him play and, and maybe why not a whole lot of people know much about him is because of that. And sometimes when you play out of state, you can get that. You know, the, the, the team, the state you're in doesn't care about you and the state that you're that you live in doesn't get to see you play, especially if they go different direction geographically. Uh, Tyler Dustin or Dustin, sorry. Um, both those kids, Ruggles about 6'6", and is a wing. Dostin's about 6'4", is a wing. And then Caden Collins, who's a 6'2". I don't know how they use him. I know in the summer he's a, he plays a lot of point, but he's also a state champion or state caliber high jumper. So I don't know if you get that a whole lot at Danville, but, but those are three wonderfully versatile, athletic, skilled guys that are – I mean, they remind me a little bit of – the, the different things they could do with Dylan Ware and, and Sam Comer and the guys that, that those kids played with coming through. Uh, but, but those three kids especially will, will lead that group of young guys. And they will have other juniors and seniors that Barber coach Barber tends to produce and somebody there will step up and, and have a bigger season than what we expect. But, but yeah, so Danville's my seventh team. So who'd you have at six? Um, at six, I got Leo. Okay. I, I, yeah, yeah, I couldn't get I couldn't get them up that high. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's it's more Cademan Bowtrager, DJ Allen together. Yeah. We're not. Yes. I don't know. The, I don't know that we're. Well, look, this will be one that bites me. I'm not. I'm not fully sure. Bontrager is. Do we know if he's eligible yet? Well, that would that would uh, that would throw a wrench into my my uh, rankings for sure. <laughs> Um, but I'm and assuming... I didn't know much. I didn't know much about their backcourt other than Rubel, but yeah, Aiden Rubel. But but those two up front. I mean, yeah. just that's that's gonna be. <laughs> I don't know if you just dribble the ball down every time and just do cross screens. I don't know what you, you know. Ohio, old old fashioned high low. I mean, they're so big and so athletic at three A. I just yeah, yeah. I, no, I I get it. I. That the guard play worries me, and and a lot of it's just ignorance. I don't see him enough. You know, I don't I don't see them enough to to know what they've got besides the guys they played a lot last year. And I mean, they carved up Shenandoah when I saw them play up at Grace, and I um, was really impressed with them. and And I picked them to get to the state finals this year or last year when when we did the sectional stuff. When we did our state, like our state tournament preview, I think I had Leo going all the way. Um, so you must have, I'm surprised. Well, you must have, see, you had North Harrison seven. I'm trying to figure out where you've got my next pick. Because my next pick is Sullivan. And Sullivan's next for me. Next for you. Okay. Sullivan. The big thing for them, and I, I tried to confirm it, and I think I, I think I was able to, that the Jackson Hills kid, so the kid, one, they had two kids last year that came mm-hmm. over from Illinois yep. when Illinois shut down basically all of high school athletics, but they definitely delayed the basketball season to the spring. And Hills came over to join Kelly and, and Rochelle and, uh, and the other kid who graduated last year. One of them was a senior, and one of them was this Jackson Hills kid who's a big kid, 6'6". Six, six. He stayed, so he did not go back to to Casey right. Westfield. He got so he's hurt, still though. there. He got hurt in football. 
Did he get hurt? How long is he out? He hurt his shoulder. I think he should be back. Okay. But but I know I know he's there because he got hurt in football at Sullivan. So and that's how I was able to confirm it was that he played football, that he's on their football roster. So um now was is Randy Kelly the kid one of the kids you coach? Because that's a kid I like. Yeah, love him. I mean I, they did I saw him play Greencastle, so that was not a specifically good game for Sullivan, but I thought Randy Kelly was really good in the first half. And then Greencastle put a guy that I guarantee you played football for them on him in the second half and kind of slowed him down a little bit. But I was really impressed with Kelly. And that's been my basically my first and only time seeing him live. And and I, I get it as, as hard as he plays and his, he's always looking to get downhill and find people. I liked him a lot. And, and look, the Rochelle kid took a back seat last year. You know, that's a kid that was probably looking to step into a bigger role and as a junior compared to his sophomore year, and and probably it's going to happen this year, all for the sake of winning, because those two kids from Illinois came over and both of them were productive, especially Hills. And this year, Rochelle, I mean, he came off the bench for them last year, and he was, I want to say, their second leading scorer in the game that I saw. One of the best three-point shooters in the state. I mean, it's percentage-wise. And I, you know, look for him to have a bigger, you know, he'll have a bigger role this year. So Luke Adams is another kid. He's he's a junior. Yeah. Comes off the bench, about six foot. Just just a really good athlete, a really good player. Um, just kind of a, a Swiss Army nice kind of. But you know, with, with Kelly, um, it's really, I saw him this summer play Jack Bencher, and it's really where Bencher got my respect. Like uh, I can respect like. Like he's legitimate, legitimately yeah. good because he he was able to shut down Randy Kelly. I mean, he's just got enough length that it, it just bothered Randy. Randy's about six foot, you know. If he was, but but Randy is as um, you know those players you have when you're coaching and you're just super confident when they have the ball in their hands. You're just like whatever, whatever happens, it's going to be good. So I'm, yeah, that's Randy. Like he's just put the ball in his hand and like something good is going to happen. Like, I don't know what's going to happen. He may score. He may find a, a shooter. He may draw a foul, but he just always makes something good happen. Um, you know, and then coach Moore is a little bit, you know, he's kind of on that legendary status as far as. He's been there a long time. Ends and, and longevity. And, uh, you know, I ran into him. This is kind of a funny story. I ran into the gas station South of Bloomington on 69, right? Yeah. Just randomly. I said, Coach Moore? He says, you know, he's with his wife. He's like, yeah, I'm probably going to coach another 10 years. She kind of gave him one of those elbows in the side kind of thing, like not funny. So I don't know how much longer, you know, Coach Moore will will uh, will do it. But, you know, um, Jeff Moore is just a, it's a nice guy. and It's been, been really good for basketball in, in the South. So we'll see what he can do. He's got a, he's got a, he's got a good little team. Other than losing uh, Flanagan, Braden Flanagan, he was really good guard. His dad is the head coach at Olney. Uh, okay. High school, high school, only high school. And so, you know, man, I don't know. I Other than losing Braden Walters to Linton, Moore has been able to keep things going pretty, pretty good right there at Sullivan. And, uh, because I know, I remember Walters 
came up in the Sullivan system, if I remember correctly. Yeah, but that had nothing. That had more to do with the class that. But anyway, we're not going. Oh yeah, well no, it's yeah. Those reasons. Nothing like, about. No, it. Yeah. Oh no, no. No, I was just saying he's. It's been a. It's been fascinating sure. to see how they've been able to keep, keep that no, thing going. It's not that's been. Interesting. It should. Braden Walters should be assault. Could have been assaulted. Yeah. 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 Should have. I mean. Yeah. Very well. Should have been. I mean, as far as that's where he came up. So. So who'd you have at six? I had Sullivan at six. Yeah, that's who. I gotta do my math now. I didn't, I, didn't use numbers. I didn't use numbers. I just. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Hey, Nick, I muted you. I meant to mute me. All right, I'm unmuted. Right? There you go. Um, who was your, Sullivan, who's your, who was your sixth? Are you counting? <laughs> the, we have things with you. We can see him in the. I can see him in the video. What he's doing? He's marking teams off here as he goes. Hey, I kind of did a re rank on on the fly. I mean, you know, this doesn't. This is an audio podcast. It just uh, long links of silence aren't great. Well, I get that. Um, so on my next, my next choice, I had at five was Northwood. Okay, I've got Northwood fifth too. All right. Well, there we go. Um, Kate Brenner. Yeah. And they were really good last year, sixteen and nine. Um, I mean, Wolfie's kind of like Aaron Wolf's head coach Wolf, there. And he, yeah. He's kind of like Jeff Moore at yeah. Sullivan. It doesn't matter. He's always got. Two or three kids in each class that seem to be productive. Um, he's got Cade and, and then Ian Rash, uh, who's also junior, and then he's got Nitarian Tuggle, and then his son, who are sophomores. He's probably got a couple of seniors that will play, and he's probably have a freshman. He's got a, definitely as a freshman. He's got Rash. He's Rash's little brother, who's not little. He's six six. He's thin, but he's not. You know, he's. Six six and probably is going to keep growing. He'll get some varsity minutes this year, and you know, you know, he'll be. He may be somebody they can count on later in the year. Certainly for minutes. Where's Northwood exactly? Napanee. Yeah. So you you want to go up? It's um, you take thirty one and you get off at Rochester and you just sort of okay. wind your way up from there. Okay. It's not. It's not too bad. It, the school is out in the middle of nowhere. That was one of those deals where two years ago, right before COVID, so they win sectionals, and I wanted to watch Brenner play. Now, keep in mind, the year before I had talked to Brenner, who was it? No, that was the freshman year. That that was the freshman year. So, I went up to watch him to watch practice. Couldn't get a hold of Wolfie. I had talked to Brenner's dad. And told the dad, hey, look, if it's just so you know, just so there's some level of accountability here, I'm going to head up to the school. I don't like going into the situation without talking to the coach first, especially tournament week. Um, <laughs> I, you know, you don't want to just have some stranger roll in. 
And his dad was like, Hey, I'll try to get a hold of Wolfie and let you and let him know. And, and so I, I roll in there and I had never met Aaron in my life. Now, luckily we, there's a couple of guys that he spends a lot of time with on the coaching ranks that, that I do know very well, uh, especially Steve Lynch at Brownsburg. And so I roll in there completely unannounced and just absolutely one of their assistants comes over and is like, what do you, you know, who are you, what are you doing here? And, and, and I go, well, first of all, I'm, I'm from Carmel. So I'm not here scouting. I mean, I'm not here scouting Northwood. And so that, that sort of like eased the tension a little bit. And I went over and told them, I told them I was here and they went over and sat with the uh, Goshen's head coach who of course they, they, they got beaten in sectional. I, not of course, but they're four, a but, but they had gotten beaten in the sectional. So we were both sitting there just chit-chatting and I told him why I was there. And so Aaron, Coach Wolfie, Wolf was very gracious and came over and spent some time talking about kids. And, and you know, even though I was just there to kind of watch Cade, he wanted to really talk about Cade and Ian and Rash as well. And, and, um, and then a little bit about the couple of freshmen he had, which was one of which was his son and, or one of whom was his son and then, and then the Tuggle kid. So, um, but the, the, the kick of it is, is that they've had kids for a while just come down to the fall league. Their best player, it seemed like every year, makes his way down. And um, always appreciated that. And so it was nice to meet him and, and I've gotten to know him here the last two or three years. But, uh, yeah, that was, that was my first chance to seeing Cade play. And he was, he was good in practice. I mean, they – they counted on him, but he, they had a couple of seniors that they relied on more. But then last year he took a big step up, and and uh, him and Rash were both uh, both really good. And Northwood's just going to be good every year. No, I, I'm completely. You, know, you hit the nail on the head there. Is it Wolf or Wolfie? Now you've got me all like it's Wolf. I call it Wolfie because it has an E at the end. No, and that's why I ask is because yeah. I thought, man, this guy got like a built-in nickname. Um, well, yeah, and if your last name is Wolf, your built-in nickname is Wolfie, especially if you got an E on the end of it. Well, that's yeah. I grew up. I grew up with a wolf with a Wolfie as a friend, and we we did a lot of backwards names back then. So he was Flo. but yeah, Wolfie's pretty easy nickname uh, for for a guy named Wolf. Yep, I mean that's hard. That's hardcore podcasting content right there. It is hardcore. I know, right? So my fourth was North Harrison. We've already discussed them. Who was your fourth? My fourth was Danville. Danville. Okay. So we, we got a lot of overlap. All right. So we're not too far off here. All right. Um, have you seen Ruggles play? Yeah, I did. I liked him. Um, yeah. I saw him play uh, last year against Madison. They played at Madison. I want to say okay. right. He had a really good Christmas tournament. I thought I felt like I wrote him. I wrote his name down. But, yeah. Well, like you know, a lot of times, kid like Ruggles, when it's time for him to step up, you know, like so much of what they did last year was wrapped around Kobe Ward, and and yeah. understandably so. But then you could just see the aggressiveness, you know, Ruggles, especially in June when he was their go-to guy and they were running stuff for him. He 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 caught a body in in this event at Pendleton. And it was just like I didn't realize he was that athletic. That athletic, yeah. So, Kobe Ward, Kobe Ward was the best offensive rebounding guard. Yes, I I don't disagree with that. Yeah, there's something in the water over there, man. It's just well, he had he had to be with the group that he played with because they had a good senior class ahead of him, and 
you know, you look at Dylan Ware, who was six 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 seven, and played a lot of point for them. So there really wasn't a lot of built-in touches for Kobe his, uh, his junior year. And a lot of it was just slashing, cutting off the ball, and being pretty active and absolutely getting offensive rebounds. And uh, he and Ware both, his junior Ward's junior year, they both were very active on the offensive glass. And he just always had a nose for the ball. And um, But, yeah, so he was – it's good seeing his skill show out when he had when he had well when they needed him to. So, so Danville's your number four. So you and I flip flop four and seven basically. Um, who is your okay? So who's your third? Connorsville. If our if our top three is the same, who's your third? I'm staying with Connorsville. Okay, mine's number Connorsville's number two for me. They have no names. They are the, no, the most no-name, most balanced team in the state. Not that, I, will, I will say if Toby Billups was 6'3". Yeah. And they – If he had a little size, I don't know, maybe. But, and they'll have the same mix. Look, he'll have a better – he'll have more – he'll be more productive this year, like statistically speaking. Caleb Sparks will be more productive. Um, and then you'll see the, the Williams brothers, especially Josh Williams, both those kids, Josh and James Williams. Um, James is the better athlete, very, very hard-nosed defender. Josh is the offensive player. He, if you could put those two together and somehow meld their skill sets, they would be an outright terror. Um, now, Josh is better defensively than James is offensively, but, but James could get some opportunities in transition and just kind of a, a grinded-out type guy. But both those guys are Matt Howard's nephews. So – uh, those those kids, um, and that was the it was their house that got burned down. What was that three weeks ago? Uh, the, the hate crime crap that went over there. That was their home. So, if you're a basketball community uh, in their area, you know, just kind of help support them. You know, just be very supportive. I mean, that's that's a good family, uh, big time basketball royalty in Connorsville, but. And then Lucas Barron, I think he's of that junior class. He's the other kid there that has a chance to step up, and and they'll have three or four juniors that that will uh, that will get a lot of playing time. So, and, and, and is there a better I, defensive coach than than Kerry uh, Brown? In well, state? I was gonna say, yeah. Well, so we went against. I was at Greenfield Central for a while, and right, and we played Connorsville, and I hated it. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, is there a better? Not not to say like. There's just great coaches everywhere, right? And so this, you, you just hate to get caught in saying, oh, this, this, you know, Kerry Brown's one of those coaches, man. He's, uh, I had no idea who he was since I went up there. And uh, the guy that I was coaching under was, was good friends with him. And so we'd play golf. We, we played golf a couple of times. He didn't even know, probably. Oh, he won't, this guy uh, we're going to play golf with? He won't forget. No, he won't forget you. Kerry's a great but, guy. Who was the head coach at Greenfield when you were there? Josh Johnson. Well, Josh. Oh, that was Josh. You were with Josh. Okay. I don't know if you were with Josh or or. See who came after him. Lewis came after him. Um, Michael Lewis came after him, but uh, yeah, I was. I was with Josh. Yeah, Connorsville. I mean, they they gave Silver Creek all they could handle last year, and in, in the semi-state, and, or in the was it the regional? That was semi. It was semi-state. 
Yeah. And I mean, that was a one point game, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. And, you know, they, uh, they're hard to scout because they, they definitely possess the basketball. If there's cries for shot clocks, it's because of Connorsville. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about this. He, Carrie and I talked about this a lot. Carrie came on the pod, on the podcast. Um, when we had, when we had the shot clock discussion, he was one of the coaches we got on. I did it on purpose because I know that as good as they are, they are on the lower end of the spectrum. And it's, it's not like basal ball where they're out there holding it. He absolutely positively believes in working for the perfect shot and no, no sooner, no later. And a lot of times while they are good, very good defensively, a lot of times they're, you know, their low scoring games are just because they possess the ball a great deal on offense. And, um, they run a lot of motion. They're not super aggressive with it, but they work until you make a mistake. And then when they make a mistake, when you make a mistake, they're going to get a shot. And that's their goal. And if you can't turn them over, um, then you're in trouble because they'll grind it out and they'll wear you down. They'll make you guard. So I hated playing them. I hated it. <laughs> um, all right. You had them three. I had them two. So who'd you have two? Uh, let's go to Mishawaka. All right, so that's who I had third. Is Mishawaka Marion at, at uh, two? So yeah, we're both I mean, going to have the same number one. Is that was that what I'm guessing? It looks like it. It's kind of how it's shaking out, right? I mean, we're running out of names unless you just come out of the blue. Unless we, unless what, unless our number one pick just comes out of the blue for the other one, you know. But I mean, Mishawaka Marion. I mean, Richard Brooks and. In the name that I've mispronounced for three years, Kaleo Kakalia. I kept calling him Kakalia until his until he. I finally asked him. That that those two guys came down with the other kids from their area and won the fall league. They were the outright champ of the of the, the basically the top bracket, and you know look for and then Deegan Sullivan and and. Uh, Darion Thornton, two juniors, Sullivan, both those kids can score, but Sullivan's a really good shooter for them and actually handles the ball for quite a bit. But He's a pretty good little point guard, really. He is, yeah. I I love Brooks. Uh, I do, too. I do, too. Yeah, I mean, Zach is is big on Kakalia, and I, and I like Kaleo as, as well. He's, I love his motor. I love how he rebounds. Brooks is the guy that makes that stuff go up there. He is plays with no fear. He's improved his skill each each time out. Um, I love how competitive he is, and how he, and I love him on the defensive end of the floor too. So, what level? What level do you do you see Brooks? Because I mean, we've talked about that a decent amount. I look if I'm a Division two school, I take him because I think I at that level. You look at some of the guys that have done well in the GLBC, and, and I'm, I'm only going to be able to just throw one name out there because it's who played for us, Jordan Ashmavunga. Brooks reminds me a lot of him. Um, he just comes in a little bit more ready-made. I mean, Jordan Ash went to a, a junior college for two years or for two seasons. Um, and, you know, and Brooks is a lot of the same type of player physically. And at that age, he's a better player than what Jordan Ash was. Um, but I I just think at that level, he's, he's a matchup problem. And he's at that level, he's a combo forward, you know? If you start looking at maybe – unless you just don't think he's a D2 kid, 
mean, he doesn't have a Division II offer yet. So unless you just don't think he's a D2 kid, to me, I think that's the perfect level for him because at that level, he is a combo forward. He could, if you go big, he can drive you. You know, if it's, you know, if you go small, he can post you. Um, very intelligent without the basketball, too. And I, I don't know. I, I would like to see GLVC team or whatever the conference is up there. It's mostly Michigan schools um, and, yeah. and, North, and Northern Ohio schools. Take, take, uh, take a look at him. Yeah, he's a Gleak kid, I feel like. Yeah. I mean, it's that's a really, that's a really good basketball, but I, it is. I got, I think, nothing but the. Um, yeah. And then, you know, Kaleo, his athleticism the last few years, I just told him this the other day. I said, man, it has been, uh, you know, he's a kid that maybe doesn't have like the, he didn't have maybe like the, the skill coming up or whatever to, to really catch, you know, but, it's all coming together for me. He's always played really hard. Yeah. Love him. He's Love him that real. Well, and I think with him, you look at his, the progression of his jump shot and, and he's had some injuries and sure. And you, you know, you wonder, okay, well, if that part of his game could have improved, it could have changed some things just from a recruiting standpoint. I, again, I think he's, I think he would be good in a crossroads, crossroads league because I think he can guard multiple positions too. I think he could guard three positions at, at, at the crossroads league level. And, and offensively, Ed, to me, you know, you talk about Kobe Ward being right on the offensive glass. I mean, I think Kakali is the same kind of kid. Just, I mean, he's 6'6 six, six and long and, and, you know, plus athlete for sure. Um, he caught a body the other day at, at Pacer. I don't know if that was your league. Yeah, it would have been. Just caught a body like two yeah. hands. Did they post? Yeah, I didn't see some of the stuff they posted. They had their own video guy there with them. Well, you know you're for real when you were on with your own video guy, right? <laughs> well, you know sometimes they feel like they got to do that because they they don't move. get a lot of press outside of their area. Power move, yes. You know, uh, and kudos to Mishawaka Marion last year for coming down and playing Lawrence Central. And I, I haven't looked at their schedule yet as a whole this year to see if they're making any rounds in Indy. But, yeah, but I, I know I I appreciated them coming down to Lawrence Central because my butt was there. I, I didn't want I didn't want to have to drive up there. So, so our number one team, I, you're going to tell me it's it, if it's not Burbuff, I'll be shocked. It's Burbuff, right? Yeah, Burbuff. All right, so we're both there. That's yeah, our year to be number one in the preseason, anyway. Um, Billy Billy Smith, Murray Alpo. Do you know much about him? Have you seen him yet? Um, you know, I watched him this summer at uh, Charlie Hughes. He was really good in the fall league. Um, now he can he can struggle with contact, but he was really effective. And they they'll have they'll have their share of three juniors who will get a lot of rotation minutes. They'll have a couple of sophomores that will get a lot of rotation minutes. Um, I mean, they'll probably have five juniors who can vie for playing time. But I you know it'd be one of those deals where I think three of them, um, Freeman and and. Uh, how Mal Cusco, um, I'm probably butchered his last name. Anyway, those two guys, I think we'll get, we'll get a decent amount of minutes. Um, you know, you can, they'll have a couple of other guards at that, that the junior level though. And they've got a couple of six, four or six, five, six, six seniors who probably will get some minutes as well. Yeah, um, you talking about God, like Gothard. 
Reed, Stubblefield, those guys. Yeah, it'd be Stubblefield and and Hogan would be the two bigger kids that that could get some that should get some more minutes. Gothard will get get some time in the backcourt as a senior. Um, but I'll be Michael curious, Irk. huh? Michael Irk. Yeah, and I'll be Irk, curious Irk to see if, if if some of those junior guards don't get a crack. Um, so I, I think. Todd is Howard has been one of those guys that has kept those guys together for a reason. And that's so they can keep at the JV level so they can stay in their roles. Um, Cause last year they didn't move any freshmen up. They didn't move any sophomores up. Although I, I did see doing some research for this, that Freeman got a little bit of time. Now Cusco got a little bit of time. Um, God, I'm going to, Cusco is going to be my cacalia because his dad follows me on Twitter. Every now and then will send me a nice note, and I can never just process the the, the order of the syllables in his last names. But but what are you um, talking about? Huh? Bure? Bure? No. Oh well. Yeah. Again, I was he with him in June? Was he with him in June? Yeah, I think so. I mean, that's a nice athlete. Who came out of nowhere last year? He was a Carmel at one point. Huh. So if he's still part of that mix, I guess I just didn't remember seeing him. Um, but if he's still part of that mix, then you know, I, mean, I thought they were they were going to be good anyway. He just that's you know that add. I was able to confirm they're they're still playing their game tomorrow night. Yeah, tomorrow night. Yeah, against Ritter. Um, despite their football team getting the state finals. So, all right, what were uh, quickly? Who were some other teams that you sort of had in the mix? Um, well, anything else with Burbuff to add? I mean, we're oh, both Billy, big Billy Smith fans, but we've talked about Billy a lot on the podcast. So, especially during the fall league ones. Yeah. No. I mean, you know, Billy's. Billy's really good, but I just think they're really deep, you know. Yeah. Just they're just a deep, deep squad. But oh, you know, I don't know what Garen's gonna have, really, you know, quite quite honestly. Uh well, they, have three, they have three transfers. So three a guard from Fishers, guard from a wing from Carmel. Um, and then I forget there's a there's a bigger name there that transferred in who I keep forgetting. Um and I, I can't remember his name, um, but I think Garrett, yeah, Garrett will be good. You know, I think, um, you know, Heritage Hills is a team that's going to be interesting because, you know, I think Trent Sisley is a freshman. Uh, obviously, he's a high major kid. Yeah. He gets better every time he goes out on the floor, but I think there's going to be a learning process. And, you know, everybody's – keep saying everybody's six foot linebacker is going to be pretty geeked up to, to shut down. Right. Yeah. Every, every, every six, six foot linebacker in Southern Indiana is just like, Oh yeah, let's go. So it's going to be a lot of Southern Indiana kids with fouls to give. Mm-hmm. Thrown mm-hmm. Trent's body. I going to need some ice bath after right. some of these games. So I think it's going to be a little bit of a learning process there for him, but you know, they have, you got some guys that go around and you know, talk about JT Smallwood shot 48% from three last year, senior, nice little shooter, Alex Schaefer, six, five, kind of a big, um, 
inside. So it's going to give them a little, I mean, they're going to go six, seven, six, five inside. They're going to be pretty big for three, eight, especially down here. Right. And, um, you know, Marcus Becker, uh, Be- uh, Becker's, uh, Murray Becker's little brother. Yeah. Murray's at UND. And so, you know, they're going to have some pieces. We'll just see, you know, where it all goes, but, uh, by March, you know, that'll be a pretty good sectional with bossy heritage hills. Um, well, I, I wondered if you if you had had them in your top ten that I would feel like how high up I would have maybe missed on them a little bit. I I couldn't quite get there with them. You know, Silver Creek was another team that I couldn't quite get there with. Right. Um, it, it's hard to, to have the thoughts that that I've expressed on our two pods about Bar Reeve and and Blackhawk, especially those two schools who obviously lost a lot um, and still have a little bit of remnant left over from their state championship DNA. Uh, in Silver Creek case, it's 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 obviously it's Brandon Northern, but I didn't see the other pieces other than Shane, who hit some big shots in the semi-state and well in the regionals too, uh, but semi-state specifically. Um, you know, I, I didn't see, I didn't get a feel for much else of what they had. Um, Hayden Hayden Garden's going to have to have a nice year. He's a, he played got to play a little bit as a freshman. Yeah, you know, he's going to have to help. He's going to have to have a lot of help. Well, that's that's what the the lot of help is what like kept my mind kept Woodland out of the top ten. Um, you know, a team that's not had a ton of success, but I will say, I mean, I love Joe Reedy. Um, yeah, I love Joe. It's a lot like Richard Brooks, at least in terms of, I think he's being really under recruited. Um, you know, and and I had Leo in a position again guard play. I wasn't really quite sure what they had. Um, Culver Academy, you know, I know they, you know, they've, they've got pieces, Cooper Farrell being one of them. Um, I, but more than a piece, right. Don't you, do think? I mean, yeah, I, you, I like him a lot, right? Um, yeah, I just like some of these other pieces, like some of these other teams better. I, you know, it's hard to, you know, and they were just okay last year. I know they had a lot of struggle with COVID and, and a lot of struggle with how their school handled it, which that's not a criticism. It's just the reality. They have different level of accountability up there and, and they have different agendas. You know, they have, it's, you know, it's, it's um, completely private school. It's a, you know, it's a border school. They don't want, they didn't want to introduce, <laughs> they didn't want it getting out. They didn't want it getting in, you know? And so if there was even a hint of, of, of infection or they, they shut things down. I think they only played 12 games last year. Um, I did get to see them play uh, at Charlie Hughes. That was a great game. Yeah. Cooper Farrell, you know, was, was on Trent Sisley and it was, it was a battle, man. Um, you got some pieces to go around Farrell. <sighs> Strong dude. Yeah. And, you know, I kind of like, Fort Wayne Dwinger a little bit, and and I liked Ritter, uh, and I, I liked I liked Ritter a lot. Um, you know, I think they have a lot of questions to answer defensively if they if they've got some toughness, especially up front. But they they've got talented guards, Jordan Turner, you know, Mikel Miller. Um, you know, I think at, at this point, just want to try to throw as many names before we take a break and go to yeah, Lures. You know, uh, yeah. Bonzo White's going to have a nice little team at Lures. You know, I, I think they had a disappointing year last year, so they'll have to prove some things. 
Um, I'm on the Fonso White bandwagon as far as trying to get him down here in Indy, but as far as jobs, but I know he, I know he loves lures, the opportunity that they've given him, um, you know, and, you know, it's just, I don't know. It's, we, we go through and talk about any, uh, you know, any number of these teams and probably I think West Noble, long. you know, West Noble, we talked about Northwood and it's kind of an interesting little note here, but you know, uh, West Noble, yeah, pretty good. Little guard themselves, in Austin Cripe. Yeah, the the, uh, the the pedigree though, of how Northwood just wins, you know, and how those those kids are in it. Out there, they've got to develop. Say that again. No, I'm saying I. No, I'm with you. I'm just saying I'm okay. throwing names for you. Yeah. Interesting yeah. one. I know there's a little. Let's do this. Let's let's wrap this. We're, we're gonna pause the pod so we can timestamp this bad boy. And then um, I will we'll come back and do 4A after the break, and we'll plus I got to get my computer plugged in. Yeah, I got to recharge myself. All right, we'll hit we'll hit stop here, and then you and I will pick up, and and the listeners it'll be about a split second for me and you. It might be a couple minutes. Okay, sounds good. All right, all right. Now we're moving to 4A. We this is the. This has been a tough one. Again, we talked about the, uh, the the hierarchy. I applied the situation. The other the other classes, I had less than ten teams marked. Uh, this one, I had twelve. So I just went with twelve instead of ten. I You're wasn't right. going to exclude anybody. I'm sure some people will already feel excluded. But there were probably like twenty fives that they could have been. I mean, there were so many. Well, there yeah, there's not much. I mean, yeah, there's there's not a lot of difference. I mean, we'll throw we'll throw through some of the teams at the very end who didn't quote make the cut. And, I mean, it's just it's just pretty loaded. I mean, what look the 2022 class isn't that deep, and much of what's there is is 4A kids and and um, where last year I thought 3A was the deepest pool. This year I think 4A is the deepest pool. Um, but my 11, 12 and 11, I don't know if we, you know, we've been doing 10, so 12 is kind of a curveball. So if you don't have 12, I got 12, I got, I got 12. Uh, All right. All right. My 12th is, my 12th is Floyd central. That's my a 12th is, do what? That's a really good one. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that again, you look at what Sturgeon's done there with that program and how he's able to produce guys and they're going to have two kids that that you probably know more about than I do. They're going to probably have two or three guys that that play bigger roles than than, than what I'll even know. I mean, I know guys like Caleb Washington and and, and Cole Harrett and and uh, Chelachowski. I know those guys. Uh, I know they've got two or three other incoming seniors that will definitely step up and play a role. You and I have already talked about them, right? You you know more about those guys than I do. Bray, Bray uh, Moore, Kyle Potts, Nathaniel yeah. Hoffman. I mean, you know, and will they – do they have a guy who can go out and get a bucket? I don't know. You know, they, they're going to miss Hyder Breeder in that regard. Uh, you know, they're, they're not going to be as, as top-heavy as what they were, what they have been. They're probably going to rely on more balance. And at the end of the day, Caleb Washington probably even scoring. Um, if, if they had a Hyder Breeder, they had those guys, you know, a guy like that still here, they'd be higher up the list. But I, I've got them there. Plus, they'll be long and physical, right? They're, 
you know, they'll, they'll be able to produce some size that some teams can't duplicate. Uh, at least, at least not until they get into the, you know, this regional round. I mean, even, even Jeffersonville, who I'm going to mention later, doesn't, isn't going to be able to match up with them size wise. They're going to have to out quick them and out and just out shoot them. Right. Yeah. I'll tell them. Any other names you want to throw out there for who was your, who was your 12th? Well, I mean, 12, yeah, Floyd Central would have been 12. Like, as I look at my, you know, Floyd Central would have been, I guess, probably. It could be somebody uh, else. Ben Davis, I'll throw at 12. Yeah, yeah. okay. Just because, I mean, they, they have about 16 college prospects there. <laughs> and and literally they have, I could, in the whole program, you know, Coach Carlisle is probably 10. You know, I think Coach Carlisle does a really good job with, with that group, and he's obviously got a great understanding of, of Ben Davis basketball and of, of who they are and what they do well, and he's just a really good leader of, of, of men, I think. And, you know, it's, he's got a bunch of talent that, that's looking to be led and wants to be coached, I think. You know, and you talk about Butler, um, Sharp, Sheridan Sharp. Yep. Clay Butler, Sheridan Sharp, uh, Zane Doty inside, Jesse Fairs. He's one of your yep. kids. I thought yeah, was Jesse. Yep, yeah, definitely. Really good this summer. Um, uh, Trout, Kenny Troutman, senior. Really good little guard. I'm just I'm top of my head. You can help, help me out. Jump in anytime. But, um, yeah, I just there's, – there's some question marks, like who's going to score – do they have an alpha? I think the who's going to score will be – I think it's the, the shooting that will be the issue. I don't know that it's any different for Floyd Central, to be honest. Um, sure. No, it's another they're, – they're kind of comparable, right? It's good. In, in different ways. I mean, they've definitely got guys that can go out and get a bucket, Ben Davis. Um, you know, and, and while I we're, we're going to kind of publish our rankings every week, I don't know that losing a game will necessarily knock you knock you down a peg. I think it depends on who you lose to, where you lose to, them, and how badly. You, like if Carmel loses to Zionsville tomorrow night, I'm not whoever loses that game tomorrow. If it's a tight game, I'm not going to think any differently of either team. You know, um, it's not going to impact. I'm not going to think all of a sudden Zionsville's the worst team if they lose to Carmel by one at home or or flip it. You know, um, but yeah, I, I think the, the the shooting aspect will be the issue for for Ben Davis, and you know, and they struggled last year until Brewer really got till Brewer came back, and then they they really got going, and then obviously they won sectional, and and you know the Indianapolis regional is every bit as different difficult as sectional ten. Just again, we keep having Zoom issues; it it, it crashes when we get when we try to pause a recording or when we stop a recording and restart. So we had to actually start a whole new zoom room. So, so yeah, I, I think, I mean, Ben Davis is, I mean, I think they're, they were right there with Floyd central on my, on my side of it. I think that there's a, there's a mix of about three or four teams that could have been in that, those final two spots. But um, I think the shooting aspect that will, will be the issue they have. And um, at least it was in, at least it was in June and, that's what's keeping them out of my top ten. 
Yeah, no, I, I think that's I think that's fair, and they and they do it. They have the scores. They if they can if they can really be sound defensively. I mean, I don't mean sound. I mean if they can, you know, turn people over, and they're going to look to do that. If if they can turn defense into offense, then um, they will. Um, you know that'll that'll steal some that'll steal them some easy baskets. So, um, all right, who was your eleventh? 11, uh, I go with Pike. Pike? Yeah, I mean, he could have won a, lot, a couple different that, ways. That but. one I really struggle with. I don't know how they're better than they were last year. They were, and they were just okay last year. Well, I mean, I think – how do they get better? They get better – The Conwell Con- better. Conwell and Devin Woods. Yeah, just their maturation. Um, again, I didn't have them in my top ten, so – a little bit. They've lost, and, I mean, uh, and they've lost. They've lost some other kids. I mean, Ferguson's. Lost Eddie Jones, Omari Ferguson, but he was gone. Yeah. I mean, I'm talking about yeah, not not just the graduation. I'm talking about just the transfers, and and I think we touched on that last night. I think if or yesterday's pod when we did the one A and two A stuff with Ferguson, because Indy Met, we both had Indy Met rated ranked, and if if Ferguson stays at Pike, Loudon leaves, and. I mean, does does that mean he wants to stay, or you know, at that point he's already cast his lot? Although he could go back. I mean, I guess he could have gone back when the school when the school year started. But, but what are you talking about? Loudon? Ferguson? No, oh. Ferguson. I mean, Ferguson's at Met, right? Yeah, yeah. We oh. talked about that yesterday on the one A two A pod. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, Conwell's good enough that he's a lot of times he's going to be the best player on the floor, and I and I guess you know in that regard. I always believe if you got the best turn on the floor, as long as you're not outclassed other positions, you know, you're always going to have a fighting chance to win that game. So, um, so I guess that theory could could very well play out. It's just that schedule is such a tough schedule. I mean, they haven't they've won one Mick game in the last two years. Wow. And I I don't know I don't see the path through how they're any better this year. That and they still could be the ninth best team in the state. I mean. I only have two Mick teams in, in, in my top 12. Do I only have two? Yeah, I've only got two Mick teams in my top 12. Um, and that's not because I think the Mick is down. I just think other teams are up. So, well, um, maybe that maybe that's not such a good 11. No, I, I, look, it's my 11th is Fort Wayne Snyder. You know, and, and as good as they are offensively and as explosive as they can be offensively, the two times I saw them play last year, they were just as bad defensively. Um, you know, they've got to tighten up that end of the floor, but they've got just an abundance of offensive talent. Lambert, Aiden Lambert, Carson Jenkins, Elijah Brown, those guys. I mean, Brown's a junior. He, he'll probably see an uptick in his scoring this year. And then they have Greg Grant Brown. Brown. And then, they have, yeah, Grant Brown, who can really shoot it. Um, not that Jenkins and and Lambert can't. And I've not seen Elijah Brown shoot it. Um but, but those those four guys are as a mix as good offensively as we're probably going to have in the state in terms of just sheer raw scoring. Um, how that translates against teams that make them work for it, how they guard people, I don't know. But I mean, it's um, you know we we get further down the list. There's those are the types of questions that get answered. I just think those guys can go out and outscore people enough to make them a threat and, um, you know, just see how far it gets them. Um, so, 
So maybe I'm now I'm a little worried about Pike. <laughs> I, I think that's fair. I mean, they didn't win a game a mid game last year. I, I think everybody's better last year except North Central, but I think North Central's got an interesting year ahead of them without Leland, but everybody else is probably stepping up. Uh, Center Grove is going to be better, and those are just the mid games. They could. You know they didn't. They finished around 500 last year and went 0 and 7 in conference. So that so that tells you what they did outside of their conference. You know and and you know Warren's better. Warren's going to be good, maybe not as good, but but as they have been the last couple of years, but still really good. Uh, Carmel good. Lawrence North will be a little bit down this year, but still kind of have them a little bit better than Pike. I don't know. I mean, Pike's not a bad pick. There's, there's no wrong answer there. Maybe there weren't. So, so I guess maybe my takeaway is there weren't as many four, a teams that deserve to be in the top 10 as maybe. There, it's not as obvious. Yeah. Yeah. That's not as obvious. Right. It's it's not as obvious as it, I think as it's been in the past. I mean, last year you probably could have had six Nick teams. Who'd you put at 11? I had Fort Wayne Snyder. So, I mean, I got them up a little higher. So, I'll have to see who's in your top ten. We got to yeah, do so, yeah, really ten, ten okay. for me is, Bloom, is Bloomington North. And they could have they, – they probably could have been my 11. There you go. Um, so. You know, Jaquan Roberts, Nick Claver, Marco Fitch, especially Claver and Roberts. Fitch is a tough little guard. It gets kind of gets his nose in the mix. And, I mean, those – you know, the, the progression of Roberts is, is getting to the point where, look, if they're going to – he finally – if he can be – if he can be the kid that can put a team on his back and, you know, they'll they'll be – you know, they'll be ranked all year and they'll be a threat in March, you know. And um, to me, to me, Bloomington North is – it's going to go as Nick Klaber goes. I mean, I, I yeah, don't I don't like disagree. I don't disagree with that. Maybe Just as far as leadership goes, but but they're going to have big moments where their go-to is going to be JQ, and he's going to have to. And I know he'll want to be that guy. He won't shy away from it. Uh, the the question will be: Is he just is he there yet? He's there in terms of will, in terms of want to. Um, I had a I had a media person to ask me the other day. They said, "Is there a more impressive kid that you've met than than JQ?" And, as a as a kid, no, not really. No, he's pretty not, good. <laughs> I he's always smiling. Yeah, he's super. I mean, he's and then on the court, he just outworks you. You know, now he doesn't really mess around, which I like. He's he's always playing hard. So, who was your who was your tenth? Uh, ten, I got Westfield. Oh, you got him way lower than me. Well, um, yeah, I mean, to me, it's uh, – I don't know. It, it might be low. Just you know, Cam Hafner, Braden Smith. Um, yeah, they got more now. They got – they – well, we'll get I had them at, I had them at seven, and I'll tell you, I had them at seven, and I swapped them with my seventh. So, okay. There you go. So, 10 – I have Bloomington North, you have Westfield. I have Westfield four. And I'll, and I'll get to we'll, – we'll get to the crux of why. When we okay. get up there, uh, who's your ninth? My ninth Warren Central. Who's yours? Uh, my ninth was Jeffersonville. Okay, I had Jeff at eight. Uh, Warren, Dante Davis, Chandler Jackson. I'm going to see them here in about two hours. 
Uh, those are the known quantities, the known qualities too. They're both quality, very versatile kids, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I do think there's some questions about the rest of their But Fairman, you know, I saw him play this summer, June, and Charlie Hughes Invitational. And I mean, they, they struggled. Um, they struggled a little bit. And I think some of it was the defensive end of the floor, just toughness and, and playing through it. And, and, you know, a lot of that stuff gets corrected when the games really, really count, right? I don't know that, that you know, made Coach Grintz any, feel any better in real time. But, um, but I mean, they were in the same pool with Homestead and Carmel and I forget who the fourth team was. But, you know, those – it was kind of a murderer's row. Or I think it was Maryville. It was kind of mm-hmm. a murderer's row there for, you know, for one day. But – I thought they played very well against they, – they battled Homestead. They, you know what? They did. Um, they, they did, and, and I think um, it was the, the Carmel game that was, was mm-hmm. gruesome. I think Carmel kind of took it out on them because Homestead sort of put the wood to them the first game. But, but, um, and they came was, off that game with, with, uh, with Homestead. They had just played well, and they were – it's a tough spot. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a fun event. So, you know, it's for guys like us, it's a great event, but, <laughs> but what's the younger fairman going to bring to them? Like his older brother was, was pretty crucial for them, especially down the stretch. Cause they didn't move in until were they there the whole year, the whole season or did they come in around Christmas? Yeah. I want to say it was late. Yeah. The, the older brother, the younger brother wasn't there mm-hmm. and now he is. So mm-hmm. But yeah, you can see, you know, if they if they have that third, uh, the big three kind of you know deal, and I think Stoudemire can be that. We'll see. We'll, we'll just you know, there's a lot of uncertainty there with Jeff, but so much potential. Yeah. So who was your eighth award? Who was your eighth? Uh, eight. I had Mount Vernon. Okay. <laughs> I did not. I do not have them on my list, but. They are they are right there. I mean, they are one of the groups that could have. They're about one of five teams I could have easily had on this list. Yeah, I had. I mean, I, I got to see him at, at again at Charlie Hughes. I know I talk about Charlie Hughes a lot. I had a good time there. Well, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's the one the one time we see these guys in their upcoming roles. You know, well, there's so many good and there's so many good games back to back. I mean, people just it's a very underrated event. Uh, but anyway, I saw them get to, got to saw them, uh, saw them play twice, I guess. And I saw them yeah. just, just manhandled, just steamrolled Harrison, Evansville Harrison. Yeah. Um, which, you know, I, Evansville Harrison is going to be one of the better teams down here. Not that the things are, are so, you know, it's down a little bit in the south, southern part of the state, but you know, the way the Gerard twins, are able to, to control a game. I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty impressive. They have shooters around um, and they got some size inside. Yeah. Cooper Galley uh, will be a guard for them. Um, Eli Breedenthal, who's a three sports stud for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, he's a really good football player and their, their football team's good this year. I mean, they're, they've been good for a few years, but they're really good this year. And, and I think he's going to play baseball in college. Uh, that's why no one really sees him on the summer stuff because he doesn't, really doesn't do competitive AAU basketball. He's pretty much all baseball once basketball season ends for Mount Vernon. But And they've, they've got a couple of 6'5 kids on their JV team last year as that'll be juniors this year that will we'll give them 
you know, some muscle up front and then be, be a nice presence for them. And obviously the Gerard twins are going to IUPUI. Um, they're, I, they're a little bit different player, but you know, the, the smaller of the two is now about six, two, six, three, the bigger, the two is six, four. And, um, they complement each other. Well, I coached their father, so I'm old. That makes me old. Um, he's my age. So he's he definitely your age. Yeah. He's, that would have been, that would have been the team you would have played on Nick. Um, but uh, it were, um, it's been fun watching them develop. I, we, I've talked in that context before in this podcast. It's been very fun watching them develop. And, and yeah, they're going to be good. And, and it's um, there. We'll see one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I had seven teams that were in that sort of contention for making that list. And so, anyway, Mount Vernon was right there. Uh, they have a. I think right off the top, they got a they got a pretty good game. I want to say maybe Westfield. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my seventh team is Zionsville, and I, I think that um, you know Isaiah Davis moving going back there from Greenwood Christian is going to help them, uh, especially since he's can shoot the ball big six eight and can shoot it. He's a nice complement with Ricard with Nick Ricard inside. Logan Imes obviously is their their main guy, and he's he's already started to get some high major offers as a six four junior point. And then Jonathan Maccabee is um, a kid that made some big plays for them last year, and he's a decent shooter, hustles, can handle it a little bit. So if if Imes plays off the ball, he can he can handle some of those duties, um, and he he doesn't he always is willing to take a big defensive assignment too. So. Um, They've got kids like Ed, Edward Thomas who will come off the bench, and they've, they've got um, another kid whose last name I'm going to screw up, Matt Zavakia. Um, as, 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 as I can do, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's, he's a tough kid. He's going to be – he'll be their sixth or seventh guy, and he'll definitely provide them some good minutes in their rotation. So who was your sixth? Uh, six I had – Warren Central. Okay. So mine is Tech. So right away in about an hour, I'm going to be watching Tech versus Warren Central. So we'll figure out uh, how close I am on that. I mean, I don't – there's not a whole lot of separation between six and nine in my book. But um, no, anybody else? Well, so – so. Um, yeah, so – hold on. Let me count up here. I got off well, somewhere. I'm not, I'm not, I guess I'm just not as good with math as I thought I was. Could be. Oh. Counting's tough sometimes. But, I mean, their, their main five guys, Reggie Bass, you know, Matt, Matthew Spears, Rasheed Jones, Davion Turner, Antonio Lizenby. That's as good of a starting five as there is. Um, what they do beyond that, I don't know. I'm going to find out tonight. Um, where, you know, where it goes from there. You know, how much depth they have. Do they have, do they have the requisite? Do they have guys off the bench who can shoot, who can guard? I mean, those are things that I'm going to find out, you know. And, and same with Warren. I don't, you know, Warren lost so many seniors, so much leadership that, you know, once you get past the obvious people, it, it starts to get some questions asked. But the, the, the core of those groups are so talented that you just know they're going to be good. And um, for me, that's what separates the, my top three and four, my top three or four teams from the rest of the state. I feel like the United, 
I feel like we want to skip one. You? No, I don't think so. I, mean, I don't exactly recall who your guys were, but well, I gotta, I gotta get Fishers in here. Well, I mean, again, they were part of that group too that I didn't, that I had listed but didn't rank. I know it kind of screws up the top ten here, but I feel like they, they need to be at least talked about right here. You know, I mean, I'll be anxious to see what they do offensively, how they'll. Because they struggled to score last year. And even though Jalen Harrison will help them quite a bit, I think Coach Weiniger is trying to keep expectations at, a, at an even keel. Uh, but I think at the end of the day, he's going to be a guy that can just go out and get a basket. And if that, if that the, the nights when that's working, I think they'll, they'll have easier nights to score. The nights when it's not working, I think they'll, they'll be really searching for it. Uh, they were they were one of those teams that I had there right there on the really like you said six through six through fifteen were were yeah you know, pretty interchange. It's going to be really interesting. That, I guess that's why I say it's going to be such a fun year. Um, and then right off the top, Tech. I you know yeah, which I, I have Tech four, so it's my six and four. Yeah. So five for me is Chesterton. Okay. Who was your Who was your fifth? Uh, my fifth was Zionsville. Okay, so we're and, you know, some overlap there. When I asked, you know, I was asking around, asked, asked a lot of the the northern coaches, and a, and their sentiment is Valparaiso. Yeah, is not bad. Now they play Carmel right right before Christmas, which mm-hmm. I'm going to take credit for that game. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I know they weren't scheduled to play. I threw a little Twitter bone out there. And next okay. thing I know, Carmel's playing about at Carmel at three thirty in the afternoon. I want this the, to be known unofficially the, as the Jim Reamer Classic on December twenty third. Uh, I know I'll be there. I know I'll enjoy the game. <laughs> You're going to be the Grand Marshal. No, we're making you that, Coach Osborne. Make it happen. No, yeah, I can see Ryan. Ryan will be like, "Yeah, Reamer had nothing to do." There's a hat you have to wear. Cool, Brock made. May give me a little credit. I don't know. I don't know how that game came to be. To be really honest, I, I really doubt it had anything to do with me. But, but both of them were listed as needing a game, and so I went to work. And, I think uh, Valpo's going to be really, Valpo's I do. Be really good. I, I do. I, I went with Chesterton just because of Grayson. I went with Chesterton because I I, I really like Justin Sims. Uh, you know, Chris Mullen's going to be. Yeah, Mullen's going to be a guy that steps up his production, and then they've got a then they've got a group of three or four guys that are around six, four to six, six, who will get some minutes and, you know, and, and, um, can I, can I, can I step in on your ranking real quick and just gush about Owen guest? Owen guest is going to have a great year. Absolutely. Yeah. And he's one of them. I mean, and, and I think that he plays you know, AAU team out of Chicago and I don't think a lot of people, you know, really get, but I know he visited uh, Wisconsin, Milwaukee the other day. So he's, you know, that's, that's going to be one of those guys that steps up and, and, you know, I Sims played really well against uh, the Mary at this Marion shootout thing that they had at Marion University. I, I really loved how he played, and and you know, Coach Urban's trying to you know eventually he'll sort of increasingly stretch his game out a little bit. But yeah, I just think Chesterton's going to have a lot of a lot of answers um, by the time we get by the time we get in mid December. They'll 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 definitely be somebody that's going to have some pretty good wins there so 
So your fourth was Tech. My fourth is Westfield. And, and aside from the obvious, we talked about Braden Smith. You, you mentioned Cam Hafner. And, and really, I thought Braden Smith had become the best point guard in the senior class, right? Hard, you know, it's as big of a Leland Walker fan as I've been. You know, obviously, this is before he left. We, we bumped Leland, we bumped Braden up over him uh, from a ranking standpoint. Doesn't diminish where I think Leland can play collegially. It's just, you know, it's just a list. And, and I thought that Braden had got to the point where he can carry the team and be the best player on the floor. I, I didn't see that in him as a sophomore. I didn't see that in him early in his junior year, but, but later in his junior year, he was showing that he could be that guy. Now the, the thing that he couldn't be is he couldn't be the guy that went out there and did it all and, and beat Carmel. Um, well, I think the length bothered him. The length know. definitely bothered him, and it's only going to be longer this year. Um, not, I mean, they'll they'll miss Carmel. Will miss Waddell. We'll get to that in a minute. But but they're they're long every they're longer everywhere else, and so that will be the issue. Now, where I think this, where I think some things have changed a little bit is now he's got a ball screen partner in Alex Romack, six five junior, who was really good in spring and summer, and he was really good in June, and I think that they've got something. Um, that has a chance to be something different than what they've had the last two years, especially. I mean, it was a lot to ask Braden and those guys as freshmen to to come in and, and beat, you know, and, and to to compete, you know, blow to you know blow by blow with with you know Carmel that group that they had. Um, but you know, even last year, there's nobody in the paint to make the opposition pay. I mean, and this, this is not a knock on Deep Pasquale. There's, there's only so much. There's some diminished returns on what he can be against their, against their best competition. And the link that we said bothered Braden Smith really bothered Deep Pasquale. Now, is, is Alex Romack going to struggle against Charlie Williams? Is he going to struggle against some of the big kids that he's going to be encountering on their schedule throughout the year? The answer is probably, yeah, in bits and pieces, but he's going to be another piece that they haven't had. And, and, and he looked good in June. Uh, he looked good doing it in June. He looked good in July versus, versus more athletic competition um, with, with his AAU team. And, and, you know, he's, he, you know, he may go out and have six points in a game, you know, and but, but every bit as effective because you're going to have to guard him. He's not going, he's got length. He's more athletic than Dee Pasquale. He's just going to be something different for them. It's not like they're going to be throwing lobs. He's going to go up and get them and dunk, or he's not that kind of a rim run guy. But he is a rim run guy that they've not had, and and he's going to be he and if he and Braden can have some some chemistry, then they will. Um, that's just an extra piece that they they haven't had the last, especially the last two years. So, well, I mean, I think as good of a backcourt as you know as they come. I mean, if I'm going to pay money to watch a backcourt play, it's going to be. Cam Hafner and Braden Smith. I mean, right. Love, love. And, but you know, he, he, and, Cam, he, and when Cam's going well, he, he's, he's a kid that gets his own shot. And, and there's, you know, we talked earlier about uh, Floyd Central. Do they have a guy who can go get a bucket? Cam Hafner can go get a bucket. So, mm-hmm. well, if I, had, if I had a reason why I had him at 10, I think probably, you know, that game at Carmel last year really got him on the as far as length goes. And, right. 
the top six, seventeen, really, really long. And so maybe I undersold them a little bit. Well, but I'm, I mean, I'm here. I see them a lot more. And look, I, I'm looking for things that make them different than last year. You know, and and um, it's not about Rome. And Romack was a kid I liked. We, you know, we tried to get him for a team, and and he'd already found one. So that was, I mean, I liked him heading into the spring, and um, he wasn't quite ready varsity games yet, but he looked good in the summer. And he's just, again, he's just the difference. You know, he's different. Um, so our top three is the same. I don't know if it's in the same order, right? Carmel, Cathedral, Homestead. That's how I have it. Carmel one, Cathedral two, Homestead three. What do you have? Oh, you're mute. <laughs> you're silent. It doesn't say you're mute, but you're silent. There we go. Now, now speak. Are you hearing me now? There we go. No, it sounds like, yeah, no, you, it sounds like we're exactly, we have the exact, you know, top three. I got Homestead three. I got you? Okay. Cathedral two until somebody can beat Carmel when it matters. Yeah. Uh, well, that's Carmel an easy out for me, right? Mm-hmm. I'm a homer. I get it. I'm a homer. I have good reason to be a homer, but that's an easy out. So somebody beats him. I mean, I guess Silver Creek could probably say the same thing, but they didn't. Carmel didn't graduate the two best players they've had in, next year when, when in, Peter in 20 Suter, years. When, when Peter Suter and Charlie Williams are gone next year. Yep. Sam Orm, he's, he's going to, you know, I mean, not, I, it's not the only thing. Um, it's a little different, right? right? Because Carmel's got it. But well, they'll miss what else? Well, they're, the they're reason miss- why, yeah, to, to refute your that little um, faux argument you brought up about Silver Creek, they lost <laughs> two generational. Uh, yeah, I agree. no, I agree. And look, Carmel's look, Waddell. We've we've said this about a couple times. There were times last year where Waddell would just go out and get a basket. And up to this point in varsity game action, Pete Suter had not proven he looks to do that consistently and it has nothing to do with ability it has everything to do with mindset and the fact that you know he's as a freshman he didn't shoot a lot he was just a hustle guy and a glue guy and a guy who could guard people above his above his pay grade so to speak as a freshman um and as a sophomore we really didn't get a chance to see all of it because covid took you know took march away um but last year i mean waddell was was their go-to guy when it came to getting a basket. And, and Pete was kind of the guy that would, would create a lot of that, you know, and, and, um, you know, I don't know that Orm is that guy just yet. I mean, don't get me wrong. Carmel's going to have a lot of weapons, but there will be a game where they'll need a wad, a, a kid like Waddell. There will be a game where they need someone of that disposition. Who's just like, screw it. I'm scoring. And that'll be, they'll have the full season to figure that out. And there may be a couple of games that they get clipped on because they don't have that guy or they haven't, they, I shouldn't say they don't have that guy, but, but that guy hasn't emerged yet. Now it could easily be Pete. And he did some things in June to suggest that, I'm sorry, he did some things. He's done some things in the fall that suggests that he could be, you know, he could be that guy. Do you remember right before he got hurt, the hype that he had, he had yeah. great spring, like, and he, he, he was, and he was, but on, on a team where it's a lot of, it's a lot of uh, spacing, space as part of the, you know, as the core of the offense. Um, and they do, they do run some, they do run some set pieces. 
Um, you know, but, but him in motion is a different player. And the way he looked as aggressive as he was in the spring, you know, he didn't get all, he didn't get the summer to do that because of his injury. But then as I've watched him a little bit in the fall, he's been a little bit more aggressive, you know, like a little bit more bulldogish. Um, so that, that, that's not a very, it's not a criticism of anybody. I mean, Pete's had to change his game as much as anybody from year to year. Um, especially as a kid that's played a lot of varsity minutes and with a lot of expectations on him, he's lived up to it almost every time. And this is going to be the big test for him is if Carmel gets in key situations against the cathedral, against the homestead, is he going to be the kid that can go out and just put them on his back in the final, I don't know what, eight to 10 possessions. Cause that's what Waddell would do. I mean, Waddell was doing that as a junior. That's why I thought Carmel could win a state as, you know, a, a literally like a, you know, a back-to-back championship, the, the, you know, in 2020 when we lost it to COVID is because Waddell was just putting points on people. And he was continued, so fun to watch. He was, you know, and, and, uh, it, but, you know, then you look at. He's going to be so good at Purdue too. The, the different weapons then, but then you look at what lawyer did in June to Carmel and how impressive he was and, and the number of weapons that Cathedral has. And, I mean, I think those three teams stand out. Not that they're unbeatable. Because um, oh, Homestead's – Homestead's, Yeah, and, Homes, and Homestead's probably still better last year than they were this year. Um, Carmel's deeper than they were last year, but I'm not sure they're better. Um, but they will be able to put more lineups out there. There won't be – there will never be a situation where Carmel's undersized or, or maybe muscled like they, they were a couple times last year. Um, you know, and, and they won't have lineups where um, if they take, if they take whack out, Suter will be their probably their shortest player on the floor and they won't miss ball handling. They won't miss playmaking because Pete can do that, um, you know, and you, you'll have – The Zionsville-Carmel game will be as tall of a um, – Yeah, it will be. <laughs> as a high school game goes. I mean, you're talking about two point guards that are both 6'4". Um, you know, Coach Osborne says Pete's going to run point. Uh, yeah, and I, you know, there'll, be, there'll be a lot of times where he is. There'll be a lot of times where he is. And, you know, it's nice because he and Wack will both be able to be primary ball handlers. And they could very well get beat tomorrow night at Zionsville. I mean, it's, it's not – I don't know at Zionsville if it would be considered an upset. I'm sure J.R. Howe would, would like to down, you know, downplay it and say that it would be an absolute upset. But Zionsville is going to be really good this year. And, and like I said earlier, we talk about rankings and what we think of teams throughout the year. Whoever loses that game tomorrow, if it's a tight game, I'm not going to think anything less of it. Now, if somebody goes out there and smacks the other one, I might rethink it. But you think Coach Howell's uh, he's jacked right now? Excited to get uh, ready to go. You think Coach Howell's ready to go? Yeah, he was texting me. He was, I didn't know if they were going to play the game tomorrow night or not because of football. But I forgot last year the reason why it was postponed was because of COVID. Zionsville had some issues uh, that they were just actually getting out of. So they were just getting out of quarantine when when this week was heading out, and so they postponed that game. And Carmel started the year with Columbus North. So, yep. um, 
Uh, hey, let me ask you a question. If Josh Wack was at another school somewhere else, yeah, how good how good would he be? I mean, I just, I mean, it wouldn't change his criminally underrated. Yeah, she's one of the best defenders in the state. It wouldn't change his shot any. It would still be something that he would have to improve. It's not like they're not working on it or he's not working on it. Um, he would score more because he would get to the basket more. Um, he just had the ball in his hands more. He would have the ball in his hands more, and he would be put in more downhill situations than what he is at Carmel. Um, but, you know, and, and Carmel's got some guys that have a couple of guys that have battled some non-instance-related injuries. So we'll see how that plays out. The, you know, the good news with Pete is – even though he got injured, it was an instance-related injury. It's not something that he – it just kind of happened. He was definitely – it was a specific play that, that you yeah. know, he got hurt. There's a couple of pieces in their top six who, you know, they they just miss time because, well, a little bit of a issue here, a little bit of an issue there. I'm not going to go into specific body parts, but, but – um, you know, that'll be – we'll see how that plays out. And, th- and that's where the deal is. They've got so much depth. I'm not going to sit here and act like it's not going to matter, but it's definitely going to help. Um, I mean, they'll have the three seniors. They could have six juniors that just get a ton of time. And then they've got two more seniors who won't hurt them if they play. Burke Weldy and and um, um, and Rao. Um, gosh, what's his first name? I hate that. I'm sorry, Rao. <laughs> you know, he's, he's a guy that's going to come in and he could come in and be one of the better athletes on the floor. He's just a hustle guy, but um, yeah, all in all looking, looking forward to the season. Hey, the thing, the thing to me to talk about, to switch gears a little bit, Homestead, you know, I, there's may, may not be a bigger killer in the state than Fletcher lawyer. Yeah. Uh, he's uh, just a killer. And, but, but he's a known Known commodity and Leaper is kind of the same way. Andrew Leaper, obviously, then they Grant Leaper's brother, sophomore, right? Because another kind of gives him a little more size. But to he's me, a, he's a junior. He, yeah, Grant's yeah, a junior. junior. And for them, it'll be who's their other outside shooting option. I mean, Kyle Kyron, will, yeah, yeah, the the Carmel, the Carmel transfer. To um, me, that's all about Kuplicki because well, it, could, it has, could be, and he knows the system as well as anybody. Not that. Not that Homestead's coaching staff will need any help scouting, but but he knows exactly what to expect. He'll be able to give them some little nuances that that he can that he's taking with him. Um, it's not going to be the same as lawyer and good though, you know, where you really had to double up on resources on both those guys. Um, <laughs> yeah, good luck. Yeah, I mean it, you know, but you know, it's when, when Carmel played Homestead, it was lucky that good was not hitting, you know, um, very, very fortunate, but they, when he wasn't hitting and Carmel could focus, put a lot of resources on lawyer, they struggled to score. But again, it's, it's a group that, you know, they, they've got lawyer who can go get a basket. Boy, can he ever go get a basket? He was, you know, Pete didn't play in June, so you know what Homestead did to Carmel in June is—I don't want to say it doesn't matter, but it's—it was—it was still impressive. It, yeah, it didn't diminish how Fletcher played because <laughs> no. he was doing that to whack. I mean, he we was basically like doing thirty. Didn't he have thirty in the first half? 
I, I don't remember what it was, but I'm sitting there saying, you're telling the whole world that Josh Wack is best freaking defender in the state. And, and, you know, if you put a gun to his head, Osborne might tell you it's Suter might be the best defender in the state. And, and Pete didn't play that game, but, but either way, they were down a guy who would be guarding. You know, the one thing about Wack is you put him on there and it, he gets in foul trouble. You're not worrying about losing offense too, other than just his steadiness. And Wack will go to like an Anderson university and have a great career. And people will be like, you know, why didn't he score like that at Carmel? Well, it's just, because there's just a lot of pieces. So this is why I asked that question, you know, how good could he be somewhere else? And we've, we've, we've skipped. So cathedral, the top three is the middle child, right? We've not talked about them at all. Uh, Real quick. We need to uh, obviously Comer Jackson Edwards, both known, known commodities. Xavier Booker, known commodity. I think Jake Davis is their spine. He's their back. He's their backbone, right? Is Xavier? So so my question, my question that has him at two, I guess, would be, you know, it, is Xavier Booker a known commodity? He's I mean, he is from a recruiting standpoint. As a prospect, sure. As a prospect, but, yeah. He hasn't done anything saying, at the varsity level. But the beautiful thing is that's the beautiful thing about basketball. And it's not a knock on, on Xavier at all. I mean, I fully expect him to have a, a, a good to great year. But he's still got to do it, right? And we've not seen that yet. And – so, you know, how good is Xavier Booker? My two questions, how good is Xavier Booker and how important was Vince Brady? And, and so one can kind of answer the other in, in a sense, you know, um, obviously he's, he's not going to carry things from a leadership standpoint. That's, that's going to be on Comer and Edwards. Um, to me, Jake Davis, nobody has moved up in my rankings higher than Jake Davis. Yeah. I mean, there's a minute 35 left. They're playing Floyd Central. They're up 25 on Floyd Central. It's an 8 a.m. game at, at Charlie Hughes, right? Oh, this is in June. Yeah, he's taking charge. Uh, he's, and... The gym is packed. Minute 35 left in the game. They're up 25. Takes a charge. Takes a charge. I mean, yeah. I'm just I'm jacked. I'm just so. But to me, you know, he shoots uh, 50-something percent, 53, 54, 55 percent from three. If it didn't end there, it was there definitely through – halfway through the season where he was shooting over 50% from three. Taking I don't recall, I don't recall what it ended up being, but that's when you're preparing for them, you have to prepare for that. And to, you know, and not scared at all. Like, like does not flinch. The kid is, is uh cold blooded, man. You know, when you, he's not getting D two and low D one offers. Is beyond you me. think about what he did. I mean, stop for a second. And he comes in as a freshman, right. And, and is, and is tasked with, um, you know, this is filling well, in was, for, um, for what's his, uh, Armand Franklin. This, he was for them what Suter was for Carmel as a freshman. Didn't, uh, didn't need touches to be effective, would guard people, would rebound. Um, Peter's little, Suter's a little, a little springier, got a lot of offensive tip-ins that Jake's more of the defensive rebound guy. Um, I just look at I look at some of the guys on some of these D one rosters though, and I just it's hard for me not to say I'd like to give Jake Davis a, a chance. I really would. I would uh, if I was a Mac school. I would say you're talking about a winner, tough dude that's going to help your locker room. He's going to help your culture. We got to get on Marty. We better get on Marty to go after him at Eastern. I mean, he's a culture. Jake Davis is a culture kid, man. Right. He's he and Jack, I mean, think what they would be defensively with him and Jackson there. 
So, mm. and guess, you know, and you know where Jake Davis would have gone to high school, right? Carmel? No, no, not Carmel. Not yeah, Vernon. Yeah. He'd be at Mount Vernon wow. with the Twins. So that's how good. So that's opportunity missed from Mount Vernon's perspective. So I think the odd thing is, I think initially the re, part of the reason why he went to Cathedral was for football. Yeah, right. Of and course, this Mount, Vernon, this Mount Vernon group is really good at football too. So, hey, Nick, real quick, throw a couple more teams out there. Um, we talked about Balpo. We talked a little bit about, well, you have Mount Vernon ranked. I didn't. I threw out Center Grove. We talked about Fishers. I've got Penn Crown and Crown Point also as teams that – and Fort Wayne Northrop as teams that maybe were considered. Who else for you was part of this – oh, Lawrence North. Who else was part of consideration for you? Real quick. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, LC is going to be interesting. Lawrence Central. Yeah. Um, you know, I tell you what, they really looked good against Zionsville this summer. And, and, you know, Dijon Craig had 18 in the first half against Logan Himes, I want to say. Maybe not I, don't think he's, I don't think he's starting right now. So, you know, if he's he not start, – He didn't start in their scrimmage. I don't know if that means anything. Uh, you know, it could, could be some, some kind of uh, – I don't know. You don't want to speculate, but, man, I was really hard to hard – Oh, no, yeah, no, he's – yeah, he just – somebody maybe passed him up. I don't know. He just wasn't. No, if it's, it would be really hard for me to, to imagine that. But if – maybe so. And if, if they have – you know, if they can, if they can afford to, to play Dijon Craig off the bench, uh, Kamari Jones, I think he's going to have a really good year. He was good. Who's the best 4A team at Evansville? You know, that's going to be interesting. Evansville's – We'll uh, close on that. Yeah, so, I mean, Evansville's going to be really, really competitive. They may not be – there may not be any teams that, that push, you know, be able to compete with, with anybody in Indy. Um, but they're going to be competitive as, amongst themselves. Wrights is still going to be really good. You My got your boy, Higgs. Yep. Who I love, love, love him, love him. And uh, I think he's going to be, he's going to have a monster year. He's getting so athletic. He's always been able to play, but, but he's yep. just, and then, you know, Gavin Shippard is six, seven, big kid. He shot 58% as a, a freshman from three. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's senior now, looks huge. Um, I saw him the other day at Fall League. He's going to have a big year. Uh, North is going to be really good. Ryan Cadell, Aiden Blackford. Um, the alma mater. Newhausen will be really good. Um, Harrison, though, you know, you would probably you would probably think that they should be as good as anybody because they got um, Janai Summers, who's a fringe D1 kid. You know, he's got some, some interest from the Division I schools. And um, – and they got a lot of, you know, pieces back uh, to go along with him. So, you know, it's going to be those three. Uh, Jasper is going to be really tough. Like, you know, John Gable, uh, one of the most interesting guys, you know, out there, one of the most interesting coaches. He won a yep. state championship at Modern Day, and now he's at, at Jasper, and he's just got a, a senior-laden group. Tanner Ernie, the son of the – used to be the girls' coach there. Senior year, Isaac Day. Um, they're gonna be able to shoot it really well, and they're gonna be tough. So Nick, I got I got a scoop, man. I got to get right, this up and get it published yep. before I head to Warren or before I head to Tech, and and all those Zoom issues we had going back and forth has probably cost us about a half hour. So 
All right, man. Um, appreciate your time, and we'll uh, we'll chat later. We'll definitely talk about. All right, stuff, hey, hey. Uh, before I let you go, over. yeah. Who's who's gonna win tonight? Um, I'm gonna go with Warren. Okay, I got, I got tech, tech, tech by four. I got tech higher. So what the hell do I know? At home, I got tech by four. There you go. Home team gets three points. So, mm-hmm. all right, that's fair. All right, Grant, I mean, thanks for having me. I will talk to you, bud. Okay.